you brought your Bibles, turn to the book of Judges. The book of Judges. I want to share a few verses. Judges chapter 13. Judges chapter 13, and we want to look at verse, verses 2 through 8. Judges 13, verses 2 through 8. Judges 13, verses 2 through 8. And there was a certain man of Zorah, of the family of the Dantes, whose name was Manoah. His wife was barren and bare not. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto the woman and said unto her, Behold, now thou art barren and bearest not, but thou shalt conceive and bear a son. Now therefore beware, I pray thee, and drink not wine nor strong drink, and eat not any unclean thing. For lo, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come on his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb. And he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. Then the woman came and told her husband, saying, A man of God came unto me, and his countenance was like the countenance of an angel of God, very terrible. But I asked him not whence he was, neither told he me his name. But he said unto me, Behold, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and now drink no wine nor strong drink, Neither eat any unclean thing, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb to this day, of, to the day of his death. And Manoah entreated the Lord and said, O my Lord, let the man of God which thou didst send come again unto us and teach us what we shall do unto the child that shall be born. This morning I want to share some thoughts in the time we have remaining and just the sermon I've entitled, Now What? Now What? I want us to continue to think about our baby and child dedication service as we look at Judges 13, verses 2 through 8. And this morning as I mention the term Planned Parenthood, that brings to mind the matter really of birth control to many people. However, the real challenge facing the family today is is not to prevent children from being born, but the challenge is planning to take care of them when they get here. We spend nine months wondering when they're going to get here, and then the rest of our lives wondering, well, why are they gone? Why do they leave? We spend months wondering... When they're going to turn in at night, especially if they're about to stay up late. And then we wonder how they're going to turn out in life as they grow older. Parenthood is an awesome responsibility. Parents, we're the ones who will largely determine the attitudes, the philosophies, the outlooks of the children given to our control. The ironic thing is that parenthood is a major job that we tackle without any training whatsoever. 
It's our greatest task, but we're unprepared. This is why we should ask like Manoah when he discovered that he and his wife was going to have a child there in Judges 13, verse 8. After he discovered the fact they were going to have a child, Manoah not just, he didn't want to know just when the child was coming, but he wanted to know what to do after the child got here. Lord, tell that guy to come back and tell us what to do. Now what? And the following verses, as you read them, we find where this boy would grow up, he would take the Nazarite vow in regards to his hair, in regards to abstaining from wine and avoiding contact with uh, corruption, especially dead bodies. However, the purpose of the vow was to direct one's life in which they could be more dedicated to God. That was the purpose of the vow. So the question is, what else was Maniah to do? I mean, he had the Nazarite vow. He took care of the hair deal. He took care of abstaining from the wine deal. He took care of avoiding uncleanness. He took care of those things. Now what? What do we do? Well, based on the other scripture, we can surmise that the angel told Manah what he needed to do and what his wife needed to do. I'm going to mention three things that we need to do after the babies get here. The first thing is we need to love the child. Give the child a warm and caring environment to live in and to grow up in. Children are a gift from God, and we need to love them. You say, well, Brother Samuel, that's kind of silly. That's kind of natural for a parent to do, is to love them. That's kind of like saying, you know, we need to tell a duck they need to learn how to swim. No, we, we know we need to love our child. The problem is, is not knowing that we need to love our child. The problem is, how do we express that love to our children? That's where parents have a difficult time. So how do I express that love to my child? If I'm to love my child, how do I express that love? I'm going to list about three things. First of all, real quick, you express that love by word. We express our love with words. We tell each other, we, I love you. I read recently about a husband. He told his wife, he said, Honey, I love you so much, it's, it's all I can do to keep it from telling you. Well, that's not really what you wanted to hear. But at times we're hesitant of telling the other person that we love them. That's the problem in many homes with husbands and wives and parent and child relationships. When was the last time you told your spouse you loved them? When was the last time you told your child you loved them? Express your love by words. Express how you feel by saying simply, I love you. I can remember as our children were growing up, the last thing I said as they got out of the car when we took them to school is, don't forget, I love you. They'd say, I love you too, Dad. When they'd go on a date, I'd say, I love you. I love you, Dad. Even today, they're grown and married. Last thing we tell each other is that we love each other. I love you. I love you too, Mom. I love you too, Dad. So you express your love by words. Words have a positive effect on a child. I know I've heard children say that they, 
their parents never, they never heard their father or mother tell them they loved them. You're talking about child abuse. You express your love by words. Then secondly, you express your love by time. We live in a busy world. Everybody's in a hurry. Hurry, 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 hurry. And if we're short on time, usually it's the family that gets left out. We make sure other things get done. Preachers have to be careful in fighting this problem, too, in regards to being busy. Spending time. What can you do? Set aside some time. Set aside perhaps one night a week that's just going to be a family night. Nothing's going to interfere with that unless it's an emergency. Set aside time. Plan for the time. Spend time with your with your spouse. Spend time with your children. When the children are gone, spend time with your spouse. Let that be a time for you and your spouse. Give that person or those children your undivided attention during that time. This is what we're going to do. We're going to guard this time. You say, well, how do, we, how do we express our love? We express it by words. We express our love by giving our time. And then we express our love by listening. Listening expresses love. Talk about their day. Remember, the kids come on and we'd say, well, how'd your day go? I talked with our children even today. And I said, well, how'd your day go today, Cal? Or how'd your day go, Cor? And we'd sit there and talk about their day. Talk about their day. They never get too old for you to listen, for us to listen. Too often we get caught up in lecturing and we forget to listen. Listening expresses love. You'll never convince your child that you love them without listening to them. Be willing to sit there, ever how long it takes, to listen. You'll listen to your boss, you'll listen to your colleague, but listen to your child, listen to your spouse as they share. And so we love by listening, we love by praising. Number four, if you're jotting these down. You think about praise and think about your home. Your home is, a, your home is, is to provide a sense of security for your child. They, feel, they want to feel secure in home or at home. And so you want to praise the child. Just think what a little thumbs up sign does for a child when they accomplish something. Maybe a, a good hit at a baseball game or make a tackle during a football game or, or do a chair grade and are outstanding in whatever they do. Just a little thumbs-up sign from mom and dad. A praise says a lot. Or just a gentle smile from the mother says a lot. That's expressing your love by praising. Remember, as parents, we can either build them up or we can tear them down. There's no way to measure the things that you do to praise your children whether it's a thumbs up or a high five or just a smile. There, there's no way to measure listening to a four-year-old expound a four-year-old problem that they're experiencing right now, but knowing they can come to you and talk to you and share with you, and you're set there as a mom or dad and listen to them. And so you express your love through words and through time and through listening and through praise. So what do you do after they come? First, you love them. But secondly, you must teach your child there's limits. 
teach your child the limits that life is to be lived. In other words, you, you have to discipline your child. Your child, our children, desire discipline. The definition for discipline is the method of teaching our children limits in which to live. However, it's, it's easier to define discipline than to administer discipline. We like to talk about it, we like to define it, but it's difficult at times to administer. And discipline is necessary in raising a child. According to God's Word, Proverbs 28, verse 15 through 17 says, Scolding and spanking the child helps him to learn. Left to himself, he brings shame to his mother. You just want to let your children run wild? There's no discipline, there's no boundaries, there's no limits. You say, well, how do I know if I'm failing in that? You know. You know if you can't handle your children, you can't control your children. They have no boundaries, they have no limits. Love is expressed in discipline. Hebrews chapter 11, Jesus, verified, Jesus you know, has made a point there in Hebrews 11 where uh, Hebrews 12, where Paul talks about discipline, he says, You've forgotten to exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not the chastening or the discipline of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him for whom the Lord loveth. He chasteneth, he, he disciplines and scourges every son whom he receives. God disciplines his children. He goes on to say, furthermore, we've had fathers of our flesh which corrected us and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? For verily for a few days our fathers chastened us, disciplined us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit that we might be partakers of his holiness. And so God disciplined his children. You mean to tell me we're not going to discipline our children? You discipline your children because, number one, the father disciplines because he loves them. Secondly, they belong uniquely to him. And third, he wants to bring us and keep us in his righteousness. And so if you love your child, discipline your children. It's biblical. It's scriptural. And God is an example of it. How sad it is when children cry out for boundaries and discipline and parents refuse to. You just go and do what you want to. You just go ahead and do it. We set limits. And when we set limits, we're saying, first of all, you're important to us. Secondly, we love you. And then third, we don't want you to get in trouble. Parents, discipline is a way to show that you love them. So first, what do we do now? We love them. Secondly, we teach them limits by discipline. And third, you must put your child in touch with God. If you don't, who do you think will? You leaving it up to the church? It meets one time or twice or three times a week? The times that you're there? You want the church to put your child's hand in the hand of God? And you're there ever so often? If you love your child like you say you love your child, put your child's hands in God's hands. You say, well, how do you do that? 
I like what Chuck Swindoll said. He told his son Peter, he said, I will do anything I can to put your hand in the hand of God. If that means to pray, I'll pray. If that means to teach you to read the Bible, I'll teach you to read the Bible. I'll teach you how to set an example. I'll teach you how to set an example in in church leadership and in Christian leadership. I remember reading an illustration years ago by a young man that was dying, and these were his last words. He says, when I get to heaven... I'm going to tell Jesus it's because of you that I'm here, speaking to his parents. Do what you do, or do what you can do, to put your hand, or to put the hand of your child into the hand of God. Parents, you need to cry out, as Manoah did in verse 8. O Lord, let the man of God which thou descend come again unto us and teach us what we shall do unto the child that shall be born. And then listen to what the Lord says. What I do now. is It's different, isn't it, Andrew? Meg? All of a sudden, Maddie's here. Maddie hadn't been here before. It's different with Judy and, and me. It was great as long as Miss Williford stayed two weeks after Corey was born, but I begged her, I pleaded with her, stay a month, you know, stay. And then she leaves, and we're there by ourselves. And, and man, my goodness, frightening time. really is. What do you do now Well, you love them? And you love them. And you show them the limits. And you make a commitment like you guys made today to do whatever you can to put their hand into the hand of God. That one day, one day, you'll see them walk down this aisle trusting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of their life. Better than that, you'll be kneeling beside your bed at home or their bed at home sharing the gospel with them and hear them ask Christ to come into their life and save them. That's what you do. You love them. You make sure you discipline them. Put the boundaries around them to take care of them because you love them. And then third, you want to put their hand in God's hand. And then when, you, when it's all said and done, they'll give testimony of what a wonderful Christian parents they had. Let's bow our heads.